0: Good morning, new life. I'm back. It's great to be back with you having taken a a couple of weeks for vacation. And I'm thankful to those who were able to fill in while I was away. So this morning, uh, I am going to just welcome you. Thank you for joining us this morning and bring you a number of uh, highlights for what is coming up uh, in the the upcoming weeks. And then uh, walk us through this morning's service. So many of you are aware that uh, this weekend there was a terrible explosion uh, in Beirut, Lebanon. And you've been watching the news and you've maybe been wondering like, I want to do something, but I'm not sure what I can do. I I want to give some money, but I'm not sure who I could do that with. In our video description uh, in YouTube, we have put a link this morning that's there for you. And it is with our partner organization, Mennonite Central Committee. Uh, They have been involved in Lebanon for decades, and they are on the ground there. And if you would like to donate, you could do that through MCC.org, mcccanada.org. And that uh, link is there in the video description for you. So if you're wanting to do something, you can click on that link. I want to remind you of our weekend emails they usually come out on a Friday or Saturday and they have uh, a number of different things uh, information that you might need links that you can click on resources there um, for parents of children a lot of our resources for for your children are in those weekend emails Uh, What we have put out recently is a survey for you to fill out that uh, helps us prepare for our regathering service on September 13th. We are planning on regathering in a public uh, setting for September the 13th, and we're working towards that. That is our goal, and um, we have put out uh, a link at the very top of the email that you've been receiving last week and you would have received uh, yesterday or Friday. If you could click on that link and fill in that survey for us that would be uh, a huge help we want to know if you're going to um, be joining us uh, in attending again or whether you're going to be staying at home because you're not feeling quite like you want to be public yet like that uh, we are offering a sunday morning and a tuesday evening um, service as we regather because we recognize that uh, we're limited in the space that we can offer and We just want to use this opportunity to to try something different. And so you can click on the survey link and find out a little bit more, and we will continue to have more details coming up for you. Uh, Also, I just want to highlight our links uh, development that uh, we are encouraging you to get together with two or three other people and have a, a time of talking about how you are doing at living out your faith in a daily way. And it's, it's a, a wonderful way to encourage each other and inspire one another, people that you trust and love, uh, to encourage each other to, to be serious about your faith. And because we, uh, everything has been affected, things like home church that can't happen the same way, we think links is a great alternative. So again, if you uh, go to the Saturday or the weekend emails, you will, you will find uh, links to that, um, links to the links. And kids, we just wanna remind you that uh, our day camp for the month of August is underway. If you missed being involved with last week, uh, I don't think it's too late for you to be involved. And you can uh, sign up uh, online and uh, or connect with the church office and find out more about that. We had a great first week of delivering our iSPY Camp boxes to children and then um, having our characters um, mouse and swan uh, lead them through um, through the i-spy camp so i encourage you to look into that and uh, and if you've already uh, connected with us uh, stay tuned because this week is going to be really good well we are starting a new series today and it's called shift when what was or should have been isn't shift and each week we are going to look at a biblical character and learn from them and use that to help us personally uh, make the shifts that we need to uh, during this pandemic time, and also for us as a congregation. And each week we have different people who are reading scripture for us and or praying. And this week I'd like to introduce uh, Carolyn Simpkins. She is going to read for us from Genesis chapter 12, uh, the story of Abram.
1: Hi, my name is Carrie Simpkins, and I am involved in the children's ministry here at New Life Church. And today I'm going to be reading from Genesis 12 for you. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran and headed for the land of Canaan. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. At that time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Abram to go down to Egypt where he lived as a foreigner.
0: Thank you, Carolyn. Let's take a moment and and pray together. So I invite you to pray with me at this time. Father God, um, we are sitting in our homes, we are on the boat, we are at the cottage, um, and we're gathered together in this way. Either today or for some, they'll be gathered with us later in the week. And we take the opportunity right now to pray for, uh, for the people of Beirut and particularly Lebanon with this explosion that has happened. And um, it is an absolute mess and disaster there, but I am so glad that you are present there on the ground in so many different people. And I pray for the relief to come through. I pray that when money comes in and supplies are delivered, that it gets to the people who need it most that you would work against uh, any potential corruption that might take place either at this end or at that end father allow us motivate us inspire us to be generous in caring for those uh, who desperately need it at this time father we recognize today that uh, that you are at work in this world and we think of the myriad of churches that have switched to an online focus. And that is just one part of what we're trying to do to to be your people. And as we continue to live in our communities, as we interact with our neighbors, as we serve uh, in organizations, as we go to work, uh, as we vacation, uh, may we be salt and light in this world. May we be salt that infuses this world with favor. May we prevent uh, the rottenness that happens in life. May we be light. May we be uh, people that reveal uh, injustice in this world and that we would tackle that uh, head on and be the first to run into um, protecting and caring for the oppressed and the marginalized and the downtrodden. May we be serious about showing our love for you through the way that we love one another. May we be serious in showing our love for you in the way that we love people who are different than us. May we be serious in showing our love for you by the way that we love our enemies. We want to shine your light bright in both word and in deed. We pray that as we do this, that we would reflect your glory in ever-increasing measures. To your glory and in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, I'm glad that that you're sitting here joining us this morning. And I'm excited about what we want to do in the coming weeks. Because sometimes the best laid plans don't turn out the way we think that they will. We put plans together and we have an end goal, and as we get into the middle of it, it all falls apart. It all falls apart, and what we were hoping was going to happen doesn't. And here's a picture for you to illustrate what I'm saying. How many times have you felt like that lion? You had everything laid out and you thought it was going to turn out one way and it fell apart and you ended up with your tail between your legs uh, running for higher ground. We've all felt that way and I'm sure that some of you right now this morning feel like you're right in the middle of this, you're about to get a buffalo horn in the backside um, because what you thought was going to happen didn't happen. And I think it's a wonderful illustration of, of what we're aiming for in this series called Shift. When what was or should have been isn't, shift. And I don't know, we just need to, to be honest in times like this and realize that, uh, that life requires us to shift more than we want we don't have a choice sometimes and the things that we wanted to have happen just aren't happening and if we don't shift then we're going to shrivel up or or we're just going to become obsolete and that's for you as an individual that's for us as a family uh, a local expression of the body of christ that shift is required of us at times and i want you to know that you're not alone There are so many people right now that are exactly where you are and they're feeling what you're feeling and they're trying to make decisions like you are trying to make decisions. And there are so many other organizations that are where we are as an organization, as a a community of believers. And so you're not alone, we're not alone. And the really good news is that when you turn to the scriptures, you will find all kinds of characters in the scriptures that have been through what you're experiencing right now. And today we're going to look at one of them his name is Abram and we know him affectionately as Abraham because as you read his story you will see how God changed his name but Abraham is a great example of asking this question what do you do when your plans fall apart how do you make the shift when things that were supposed to be aren't anymore when what was isn't what it was and you're required to shift. And Abraham gives us a great example. Carolyn read this story for us. You can read it yourself this week from Genesis 12. We're introduced to him all the way through um, about eight, nine, ten chapters. You will read about the story of Abram, and then about his son Isaac, and then about Isaac's son Jacob, and then about Jacob's son Joseph through the rest of the book of Genesis. And wonderful stories that you can learn from that you can relate to. But today we're going to focus on Abram. So let's look just at these verses again, Abram, uh, Genesis chapter 12, verses one to four. And this is where Abram, you know, starts off uh, shifting well, but then as we continue through the story, we'll see how he falters and kind of loses focus. So beginning at verse one, the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. So here's God inviting him to make a monumental shift and to do that, voluntarily. God says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. And Abram starts out really well. Verse 4, Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. So here's God inviting Abraham into this huge pivot in his life where he's going to, and, and think about what he was asked to do. Leave your homeland, leave your family, leave your culture, leave your language, leave your security, and leave the sense of knowing that, that the God you're worshiping is with you here. In Abraham's day and age, different geographical locations were represented by different deities. And so Abraham was being asked to go into enemy territory and leave all the securities of his life. That is a huge risk. And he shows how much trust he had that God was with him. And he heads down to Canaan or what is known today as the Levant or uh, Jerusalem, Judea area, Palestine, uh, modern Palestine today. And he starts out really well. And you can read through those first nine verses and see how he is trusting what God is saying to him. I'm going to use you to be a blessing to all people. And Abraham gets down into Canaan and so far things are going relatively well. At least we can can surmise that. But then you come to verse 10. So let's look at verse 10 here in Genesis 12. At that time, so Abrams in Canaan, he's been worshiping God. He even built some altars to represent his trust in God. And then we read in verse 10, at that time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Abram to go down to Egypt where he lived as a foreigner. He voluntarily went to Canaan to be a foreigner. Now he has no choice and involuntarily, he's being forced even further south into Egypt to continue being a foreigner. And as he was approaching the border of Egypt, Abram said to his wife, Sarai, look, you are a very beautiful woman. Guys, that's a really good thing to say to your wife. And then he follows, when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife, let's kill him and then we can have her. So please tell them, you are my sister. Guys, that is not a good thing to say to your wife. And then they will spare my life and treat me well because of their interest in you. So Abram starts well he's trusting God, he is, he's, he's embracing this kind of idea of shifting uh, in his life. And then when it doesn't turn out the way he thought it would, when what was or isn't or should have been isn't, he loses focus and he actually shows us how not to shift well. And he convinces Sarah to lie about who she is And as you read through the rest of genesis 12 you'll see the results of this and actually as you read through to genesis 20 and beyond you'll see that abram struggles with with trusting god in the middle of this huge pivot or this huge shift in his life and so you might be tempted to think well i guess That's just what happens. So God needs to find somebody else who can actually do what he wants. But all is not lost, and we'll get back to this in a moment. See, Abram is a great example of how not to shift well in in some cases. And sometimes we think the saints of the Bible are just these wonderful people that did all these amazing things and we should be like them. Please don't ever pray that God would make you like the saints of the Bible. All you need to do is read about what they were like and you'll know that you don't wanna be like them. Pray that God would allow you to let go of yourself so that you could more and more reflect his glory and be more and more like Jesus. But back to Abram, this is a great example of a biblical character that we can learn from and learn from his life and and even through his failures, we can see how this will point us back to being faithful and trusting in God. Now, each week in this series, we want to introduce someone from our New Life family or at least connected to our New Life family and hear their story about how they are learning about embracing this whole idea of shift when we need to. And so today I want to introduce you to Steve Hall. Many of you know him as our associate pastor, but you may not know how he ended up here at New Life. So I sat down with Steve this week and interviewed him and here is his story.
2: I'd love to say that this has only happened, you know, once in my life or in my, my career, but needing to shift has probably been the story of, of my working life. I mean, I I finished high school with no other plan than I was going to be a professional musician. Um, I very quickly learned that you know, food costs money and things like that, and I needed to shift it and find work that that paid better than being a gigging guitarist. Um, the, the major shift happened after about 15 years of uh, working in the, the newspaper publishing industry. Uh, I'd, I'd built a kind of a long track career doing a number of different things in community news publishing. And as we know, that is an industry that underwent some seismic shifts of its own, um, transitioning from, from print media, you know, the newspaper that we're used to getting on the end of our driveway or in the mailbox, to getting our content online, and that industry really struggled to, to deal with that shift. Um, and after 15 years, I found myself shifted out to the outside of that. Well, the first thing I did was actually do some career coaching. Uh, because I'd, I'd entered into that, that field of, of work really without a, a plan <laughs> or a whole lot of training and I, I learned to do what I needed to do to be successful, kind of on the fly, um, so I really had no idea how to, to package my own skills to present that to, to someone else as a prospective employer. Um, so I did a, a fair bit of career coaching, um, discovered some things about myself along the way, um, took some courses and got a certification in project management um, and then just worked on figuring out how to package up my transferable skills to to be able to sell to different different types of employers I think initially I was quite optimistic um, the, the career coaching that I did um, Kind of pumped me up a, a fair bit, and and I hit the job market thinking, okay, I've I've got transferable skills. There's you know, this thing I can do, that thing I can do, and um, I was sort of surrounded by people who were very encouraging. That yeah, you should be successful at this this job hunt thing um, because you've you've acquired all of these these different variety of skills over this this 15 years of a kind of a, a potpourri type of a Jack of all trades career and community news media. Um, yeah. So I, I, hit that being very optimistic. Uh, that's a fantastic question. It, that was an 18 month journey. That was an 18 month journey. Uh, what kept me going? Um, through a good portion of that panic because you you have a a mortgage to pay you have kids that need to eat and you know they're there every day you wake up and the the gravity of knowing that other people's well-being relies on you getting new work and and finding a way to get paid again um that's yeah panic is a good motivator that was that was my my theme for for quite a number of months. Um, Mistakes I made along the way, I think the biggest mistake I made was trying not to shift. Um, I spent a good amount of time trying to sell myself to similar companies. Um, I even packaged myself and tried to resell my my work at a discount to the company that had had let me go Um, i did not want to shift Uh, i i knew what my comfort zone was i knew how to do those things and i think after i'd spent a good chunk of time trying to sell transferable skills and not being successful um, then i really dug my heels in and said okay i'm not going to shift so there was some of that you know reselling to competitive businesses in the same fields at one point I even tried to launch a business of my own Uh, that didn't go over nearly as well as I'd, I'd hoped to hoped it would either I like to say that's that's the longest job interview i never knew i was even having Uh, i i think that that job interview i didn't know i was having started as 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 paul my pastor taking me to lunch to see you know how are these people doing Um, are these people okay this guy has been out of work for a long time and you know are they are they all right and it was a matter of a number of these lunchtime conversations, chatting with one another and a, a, a gradual realizing of there, there might be, you know, a, a pending void or, or area of need at, at New Life in, in ministry that some of these transferable skills that I, I couldn't seem to sell anywhere else might be just, just the right thing for One of my, my favorite ways to put that, it was another member of our congregation here at New Life who spoke during um, a, a summer teaching series we did a few years ago called you know Our Stories. And she spoke about difficulties that, that she'd gone through in her life um, and said, you know I wouldn't necessarily want to go through all of that again, but I wouldn't want to negate all of the closeness that those difficulties brought between myself and God. And my answer to that question is very much the same thing. It's like I would not want to go through that experience of trying to to sell my my services to employers for 18 months again, but I wouldn't want to erase that from my past. Um, I learned so much about just slowing down, being quiet and listening for the voice of God during that experience. And I don't know how many pairs of shoes I walked through in that 18 months. And, and prayer journeys that, that started in the middle of every afternoon after writing resumes all morning, freaking out, going outside with my shoes on, and just walking for miles and miles. And at the beginning of that journey, the, the prayers were very much like, when, God, you know, when is this going to turn? Why is this happening, God? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And it I can almost hear it as clearly as though God had spoken aloud to me saying, okay, settle down, be quiet. The question is not, what are you, Steve, going to do? It's, what am I, God, going to do? And realizing that my part of that journey was put one foot in front of the other every day and work at what I could work at and let God do what God was going to do. If I'd have been successful at reselling my services to like my former employer or a competitor, I'd have been right back out pounding the pavement again, you know, within a period of a year or two, the way that that industry was. Um, If I'd have gotten a job at a marketing agency in the city, it would have turned our family life upside down. And I think most importantly, if I'd have got any of the things that I wished for during that 18 months, I would have missed discovering a call that God had for me, that I did not know was there. And having been invited into ministry at New Life, When I began that, it's like, oh, employment, this is good. <laughs> and and these are tasks that I can do. Um, and then the Holy Spirit shows up and does strange and wonderful things. And you learn this stuff about yourself and, and what he can call you into, even in you know areas you don't think you're strong in. And I wouldn't, for anything in the world, go back and undo that long difficult experience because it, it you know it led me to calling it led me to discover you know there's things that i can do that god can do through me that i never would have imagined and i wouldn't want to miss out on that the first thing i'd say is, is slow down find what your strapping on of the walking shoes is and spend time with god find something that you can do that slows you down in order to be able to to listen for his voice try not to talk so much at him about what's wrong Uh, he knows Uh, the the beauty of God coming to us in the person of Jesus is Jesus has walked in human shoes so he knows what it is to struggle with with human emotion in times of of difficulty lean on that Um, and then I think I would also say look for opportunities in places you don't expect to find them sometimes beating down familiar doors is only going to lead to similarly familiar results. Um, To to be cliche in our our context, uh, look for places to to shift to.
0: Thanks, Steve. I hope that uh, you're encouraged by Steve's story and You get the sense, like for, he was in this for a long time, and it wasn't easy for him. And there are a lot of painful days. And it's very much the story that you read of Abram uh, in Genesis. And I encourage you again this week, read through the story of Abraham. um, right through and see where he faltered, where he loses focus. Sometimes he's a great example of how not to make this kind of shift in your life, how to do that well. And um, and yet, as I said earlier, all is not lost. So I asked Steve, like, where did you make mistakes that you wish you could do over? And he was very open about that. As you look at Abram's life, you see that there are moments where I'm sure he would take back asking Sarah to lie about being his wife. And yet he does it again in Genesis 20. But God is gracious with Abram, like He's gracious with the rest of us, and right after Abram gets Sarah to lie about who she is you get to the end of Genesis 13 and God is just reaffirming his promise to Abram that he is going to give him the land that he promised and Abram was in another country and ends up getting kicked out of that country for getting Sarah to lie ends up back in that promised land and god says i am going to give this to you god does not give up on him even when he falters even when he loses focus even when he stumbles in just being willing to trust god and and i think that is such a great uh encouragement for us in his story so here's a few things i i want to ask you to consider one abraham said yes or abram said yes to god but that was a huge a huge risk that he was taking and he trusted god and he faltered and then he trusted god and he faltered and what god was asking him to do was make a complete um, a rethink of how god operates in this world first by asking him to leave his homeland and go to this new place and then um, just the different promises that he's making him. Abram is, is having to do this complete rethink, and yet when he fails, God is faithful to him. So here's a verse, Genesis 15, verse one, that, um, that we'll put up for you. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. And if you read through the rest of chapter 15, you'll read about Abram having a vision of, of uh, a fire smoking fire pot going through a sacrifice that was there. And that's just symbolic of, of God kind of um, meeting the requirements of this covenant that he's making with Abram all on his own and not expecting things of Abram that Abram wouldn't be able to fulfill. So I think this story is a great encouragement for me and for you this morning you are in the mat- middle of this massive shift in your life that you can't control. Uh, this pandemic has affected everybody in so many ways and there's nothing you can do about it. It's tiring and it's tedious and, and maybe you're thinking, I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna sit this one out. And yet, if you've been following the news, you need to understand, as we've been saying all along, this is not going away soon. And that may discourage you. But there is a community of people that we can be for one another and, and go through this together. You don't have to do this alone. And I just want to recognize the fact that each of us, you included, are experiencing this right now. And I know that um, some days are great and other days aren't. We're all getting tired of using the expression, well, because of COVID, and then finish the sentence. Like, we're, we're sick of it. I'm sick of it. I am so tired of looking at a camera lens. It looks like I'm looking at you, but, but I'm looking at a camera lens right now. And I so desperately want to have a room full of people, but I can't. So I am trying to figure out how to trust God in the midst of all this. And, uh, and I hope that, um, that you can too. So it's okay if you're tired of all this, but how are you going to keep your focus and be willing to trust God? I want to make the acknowledgement too that some of you have no options. Many of you have options. You can do this or that. You've still got lots of flexibility. Some of you are so affected by this, you have no options and that's not fair. And I am sorry that you're in that place. And I just wanna acknowledge that this morning. That some of the stuff I'm saying, you might be going like, yeah, thanks Paul, that's great, but you don't know my situation. I don't. And if you're in that place where you have zero options and you are completely out of control and everything else is controlling you, I'm sorry that you're in that place please tell us because part of our responsibility is to make sure that we care for people that are in that position and and we're not getting it right all the time and I know uh, some people might be thinking like you could be doing this and that and and I would just say yeah we we could be and we should be and and we're trying to do the best that we can and if there's feedback that you have that's helpful for us we're always happy to receive that Um, can we just Remember that God stayed faithful to Abram, even when he struggled. And I think that's a good word for us. Um, I want to take a moment and talk about some of what I've been seeing on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram. I'm seeing a lot of people shaming others for not, not responding the way they think they should in the midst of this pandemic. And it's on both sides, wearing masks, not wearing masks, kids going to school, kids not going to school. Um, government doing this, government doing that. And people are shaming and kind of hurling mud back and forth at one another. And, and I just want to say, uh, you know, if you're part of one of our family and you're kind of doing your best to follow Jesus, I would like to offer this pastoral word to you. Stop it. If you are putting stuff online to shame people that are disagreeing with you, you are not helping the situation at all. Look how gracious God was with Abram when he faltered and when he struggled. Look at how gracious Jesus is with his followers as you read in the Gospels when they struggle to understand who he was and what he was doing. They screwed up all the time. I have screwed up so many times, and I'm so glad that I didn't have people just shaming me because I didn't do the right thing or I didn't think the right thing. So if I could offer that pastoral word uh, to you, um, I'd like to say it in stronger terms, but uh, we'll leave it at that. Please be gracious in the way you treat people who may not be thinking the same way you do. Okay, final thing. Not only are you going through a massive shift in your life because what was or what should have been isn't, but we are too as a faith family at New Life. And so I want to take a few moments this week. And each week I'm going to be coming in and asking some big things of you. Because we are planning to... um, we've been using all of our wisdom and praying and seeking god and seeking input from you and from others we're going to try to start public gatherings again in september 13th and i need to ask some things of you one would you start praying every day for us as we do that there are so many details that have to be put into place we've had a team in working through this. And one of them, one of our medical advisors, someone who's an RN said, listen, people here are going to be safer than they are at New- at, uh, at Walmart. So we've already got the clean part and the social distancing part figured out. If you are going to join us on September 13th, but we're going to offer Sunday morning. And then we're also going to offer a Tuesday night option, same content, very different format sunday morning we're going to try to offer stuff for children as best we can as safe as we can tuesday night we won't tuesday will be much more interactive that survey is asking you can you do sunday can you do tuesday which one we need to hear from you we need you to fill out the survey it helps us so much plan well so i'm asking you please fill in the survey we have a lot of people that can't come back Um, for a variety of reasons. It might just be that they're they're really not feeling safe. And we totally understand that. But they were also serving and volunteering. And so I'm asking if you are planning on coming back, fill in that survey. And if you haven't been serving somewhere, volunteering, please consider doing so. Particularly around the areas of our guest services, uh, we need a whole new team of people to help clean after each service. And we need a new cluster of people to help with our tech ministry, and our children's ministry, and our youth ministry. So a lot of what we're hoping to do won't happen if we don't have people in place to make it happen. So not only is it about watching for spikes in cases and everything, it's also about having enough people in place to actually do this well. And so I'm asking for you to step up. And that means some of you are going to have to start saying no to some of the things you've been doing so that you can say yes to this. And I am unashamed asking you to do that because this is, this is stuff about God's kingdom and this is stuff about bringing Jesus' love to every person in the Georgian triangle. And we think that that is monumentally important, that faith is real in the everyday aspect of life, not just on Sunday or Tuesday night, but in every aspect. If you can't come, then i would be asking you to share our posts share our services invite people to watch follow up with them engage with them you know encourage them in all of this and we're going to be offering things that are hopefully relevant and meaningful for them so each week i'm going to be hitting this and coming back and and saying hey how are you going to be a part of this whether you're at home watching you can still be involved in some ways remotely online or whether you're coming in person and, uh, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about not only are we doing things differently, we're, we're going to do completely different things. And I think it'll be fun, it'll be scary, it'll be exhilarating and terrifying all at the same time. And one final thing, and we're going to wrap up with this, and this is um, um, just a little bit of brevity, because again, um, everything is so heavy right now. I want to ask this of you. We are going to put up a link this week. Uh, I've kind of thought this through a little bit late in the week, so um, we don't have everything in place, but look for a link this week with with some music. And listen to the music, and we wanna ask you to do the shift. Come up with a dance move to match the music. Send us a five-second clip of you doing that dance move. We're going to compile all of them and have some fun with them over this series of a a new dance move that you're going to create. And it doesn't matter what it is, we will enter your name into a draw if you put in a video and I will be buying you a gift certificate for two for dinner at a local restaurant if your name is drawn. So there's a little bit of incentive. And even though a number of weeks ago I told you that I can't dance, if you send in videos, I will put up a post of me doing some of your dance moves that you put in and uh, i will humiliate myself in front of all of you uh, to do that so we want to have a little bit of fun with this and also recognize the seriousness of it but um, if you would do that i would love to see your video of you doing the shift well new life at home Um, there's some questions in the notes for you we encourage you to take them up this week read the story of abram He's a great example of how not to shift well, and yet God still stays faithful to him. And you'll read about Abraham through the rest of scriptures that God considered him faithful. And so there's there's always hope, and God is always full of grace towards us, even though we might be struggling with the situation we find ourselves in. Thanks for um, moving along with us today. I'm praying for you. I would love to hear from you, and I am trying to be in touch with many of you. Uh, as I can throughout the week to check in, see how you're doing. And uh, let's make sure that we do that with each other. So we will be contacting, uh, putting out stuff this week, watch for it, and we will see you hopefully next Sunday as we look at uh, the next character and teaching us about how to shift well. Bye for now.